Hey, and welcome back to Ancient Ways for Modern Days. My name is Mike Freeman. I'm the pastor at Valley Christian Fellowship in Longview, Washington. And uh, thanks for joining me today as we continue in our devotional journey through the New Testament, where we're looking at a portion of every chapter following Valley's Bible reading plan. And we're looking for ways we can connect with the ancient scripture, the ancient way, and apply it in our modern day as those who have trusted in Jesus and his death and resurrection. And so let's jump right in. Today we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and we're going to look at a, a large chunk of the scripture. We're going to look at verses 1 through 13. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read this, and I'm going to comment as we go, because I think just for the sake of time, that will work out the best with this kind of large text. Now, I want you to remember that where we left off yesterday is the Apostle Paul, he was describing how he, he was not running without purpose or without aim, and that he would discipline his body so that he would not be disqualified from the ministry that God has called him to do. And we talked about how all of us, we are to run with the same aim, the same purpose, which is to reach men and women and children with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that they would know and trust and and be saved because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And, uh, and we should also be careful that we ourselves are not disqualified. And so that same theme picks up here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. He says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Now this is... <laughs> This is wonderful. This is a, an amazing text. Uh, these three verses that launch us into chapter 10, they, they really connect the Old Testament with the New Testament and, and the reality that it was by faith that these believers, that they, they followed God. It says they were under the cloud. This is the, the cloud by day and the fire by night that they followed. They, they, they passed through the sea. <clears throat> this is the Exodus. This is the saving work in the Exodus. And this describes that they were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea. This is this, uh, this connection to baptism today. You know, the Old Testament believers were not baptized. But the connection point is with baptism, recognizing that we today, we go into the water, symbolizing death with Christ. And then we are brought out of the water, symbolizing the resurrection. The, the things that happen spiritually in us that happen physically in Christ. Well... Paul here, he's saying this is what the Old Testament believers experienced themselves, that they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. This recognizes that the Old Testament believers, they were saved ultimately through Jesus Christ. Well, verse 5, it says, Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Well, they weren't pleased because of their idolatry, because of their sinfulness. Verse 6, now, these things took place as examples for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Hold on. This is a flashing red light with a blaring horn. It says the, the Old Testament was written in part as an example for us that we would see how they 
were led by evil desires and it didn't did them no good. It was of no benefit. In fact, it caused God's uh, discipline upon them. And we should see that and we should say, oh, how should I deal with my evil desires? I, I'm not going to do it the way they did. Verse 7, do not be idolaters as some of them were, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality as some of them did. And 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test as some of them did and were destroyed by serpents, nor grumble as some of them did and were destroyed by the destroyer. This is talking about God's discipline upon Israel in the Old Testament when they fell into sin. When they were sexually unfaithful, when they were grumblers, they were putting Christ to the test in their selfishness and in their false worship. It says, now these things happened to them as an example, but they were written down for our instruction on whom the end of the ages has come. Therefore, let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed lest he fall. This is simply saying that we have this example and it's written down to bring us instruction. The, the instruction in part then is to say, you know what? We are in Christ. Our sin has been forgiven. We have been redeemed. We have been rescued. Just like Israel was rescued out of Egypt, we have been rescued out of our sin. But just because our sin has been forgiven doesn't mean we say, oh, you know, that means we can live however we want. That's not, the, that's not the aim here to say, let's just do whatever it is we want to do. When Israel did that way, they were disciplined by the, the Heavenly Father. They were disciplined by Christ. So it says, therefore, let anyone who thinks he, that he stands take heed lest he falls. Examine yourself. Deal with the evil desires. Those evil desires, don't let them take root. Instead, go to the Lord humbly, confess your sin, repent of it. Call a brother or sister in Christ and say, will you pray for me? I'm being lured. I have this inward longing for what is wrong. And I see that the example and the instruction in the scripture says not to follow those things. And so I'm not going to. This is, this is the instruction we have. Verse 13. There's great hope here. No temptation is overtaking you that is not common to man. Listen here. Regardless of the temptation you are experiencing, you are not unique. It is not unique to you. No temptation that is overtaking you, there is none that is not common to man. You can look at the seven deadly sins, and those are just the seven deadly buckets that each sin sooner or later falls into. You're, you're might, you might experience a certain kind of deviation of a, of a kind of sin or of a temptation, but listen, it falls into the bucket of sin sooner or later. Look at the rest of verse 13. God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. This, this verse says so much. First of all, it says God is faithful. 
God is steadfast. He is true. He is unwavering and unshakable. He has given himself to you through Christ, through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. God is completely devoted now to you and your growth and your holiness, to your sanctification. This means in those moments of temptation, look what it says, he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. There is never going to be a moment where you are tempted that it is too strong for you to resist. In fact, it says, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. God is faithful. Your temptation will never be more than you can handle. He will provide a way of escape and you will be able to endure until you're able to escape. Look at those four truths. When you are tempted, look at these four truths. We have the Old Testament scripture as an example and as an instruction so that when you face temptation, first of all, you know God is faithful. That he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. That he will provide a way out. And until that way out becomes apparent, you have everything that you need to be able to endure. These four truths allow you to stand strong regardless of the temptation. Regardless of the temptation. God will be faithful. You will not be overwhelmed with something beyond your ability to resist. An escape will be provided and endurance is within your ability. And see, this is our ancient way for our modern day. It's to recognize those in Christ. We don't want to become disqualified. And so when we face temptation, which I guarantee will happen, you will face temptation. I face temptation. But this is what we remember in the midst of that temptation. We remember that we're not alone. That we're not helpless. That we, in our weakness, we have the grace of God strengthening us. And that these four truths, God is faithful your temptation will not be stronger than you, then a way of escape will be provided and the endurance is in your ability. We cling to those truths. So, so here's what I want you to do. As this comes to a conclusion, as this turns off, I want you to take some time and I want you just to memorize those four truths. Memorize those last few phrases of, of 1 Corinthians 13 or 10, 13. Pray those. Say, thank you, God, that you're faithful. Thank you that you won't allow me to be tempted beyond what I can endure. Thank you that you will provide an escape and thank you that you will strengthen me so that I can endure. This is our ancient way for our modern day.